This is Brock and Salk. Brock Eward is my hero. Jay Buhner just punched me in the kidney. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports. Oh, we're going to do you on the internet. That really worked that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does, though. Now, here are your hosts, Brock Eward and Mike Salk. Hello! All right, two hours in here on a Friday. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com. And uh, we'll get to our open phones a little bit later. We'll have G. Scott come by here in about a half hour. I know he's got a lot to say about what went down yesterday at the Seahawks facility. But let's switch gears here for a little bit, Brock, uh, because it's not just one new football coach in Seattle. It's Mm -hmm. two. And the new coach on Montlake is Jed Fish. And he takes a few minutes to join us right now. Good morning, Jed. Thanks for being with us. Good morning, guys. Appreciate you having me on. How's it feel? The two coaches of the two most prominent programs in Seattle, both you and Mike McDonald's, never played college football. And both of you started an exact same journey, being a GA at the university that you attended and fell in love with the game. Did you realize you and Mike share that common trait? I did. I did. I, uh, Mike and I have known each other for a long time. And um, I remember us having lunch together at the Combine about, oh, I don't know, 12, 15 years ago when we were both – young coaches and talking about that exact same thing and the journey and of uh, going through it in a unique manner, but uh, rooting each other on the whole time. And he and I have stayed in touch throughout the last few years. So it's pretty amazing to, that we're both here today. Well, we're going to make this interview about you, but since you just dropped that bit of knowledge on us, <laughs> give us a moment or two to follow yeah. up on that. Tell us more about Mike McDonald and have you guys chatted in the last week or two? Sure. Yeah. I talked to Mike Friday um, before he got the job. And um, we just talked for a few minutes and just caught up on a couple things. And um, <clears throat> obviously I was wishing him well and hope, hoping that he was going to be here. So um, then when he got the job, I said, hey, welcome to Seattle. I'm allowed to say that because I was two weeks earlier than him, so I acted like I was the host. <laughs> and um, But he's a, I think the Seahawks um, hit a home run with Mike. Obviously, to follow a Hall of Famer is not easy to do. Uh, Coach Carroll's you know, my feelings on Coach Carroll, the best of the best. So, um, but I'm just excited for Mike, excited to see what he does with his staff, and really hopeful that we could have a great partnership uh, between the two programs and be able to really utilize their resources, and hopefully they can use ours as well. You know, we just uh, played some sound of John Schneider that I loved. Saul heard it yesterday. He was at the presser, and, and, and I think it plays right up into this conversation right here. The difference between a learning networker and a climbing networker. That, that was John Schneider's words, the GM, as he, as he hired Mike. And, and, you know, you see that in the profession. I was telling some stories to Salk about guys that are gurus and, and brand themselves and love to be climbing the ladder and climbing through those networks versus learning and, and connecting and networking in a learning kind of way. Once again, you and Mike kind of share a trade along those lines, you think, Jed? Yeah, I mean, I think that's – I didn't hear John say that I was out uh... – running around trying to get players. Uh, I was everywhere in the recruiting trail. But um, I think that that's a a great way to put it. And I think so many people uh, misinterpret moves or misinterpret job changes or job decisions uh, for the word climbing rather than learning. And uh, I, I certainly have made sure that every decision that I made was not based on the next move to be able to say I have one more rung in the ladder, but to say, who could I go learn from? So when I do get to a chance to run my own program, could we make it great? And uh, when I chose to move 
uh, to Seattle from the University of Minnesota. Uh, some would say, why would you go from being an offensive coordinator to being a quarterback coach? Well, the answer was really two words, and it was Pete Carroll. And um, I could give you three or four different examples of moves that I've made that I've asked my family to move across the country or across the or from the south to the north or the east to the west, whatever it might have been. And all of it was to hopefully be in a position today, like being the head coach of University of Washington and sitting here with a, a long-term contract to be able to now be able to say, what is this program going to look like? How do we win a championship? And how are we able to be in position to uh, take this team to the Big Ten and uh, sustain success? Your family just roll your eyes at you at this point when you say, hey, I'm thinking about us moving again. They're like, oh, come on, Dad. Really? Like, what, what is yeah. the reaction? You you have kids? What and is Dad's their reaction? like you, Salky's got two daughters, oh so you gosh. guys are in the same boat. Well, mine roll their eyes at me. I can only imagine. I don't even move them across the country. What do yours do? Normally, normally we have no, you know, normally the issue, they're, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. This time around, this was a little bit. Uh, Amber went with a very unique strategy. She called them. Usually when we say we're having a family meeting, that's when they know something's oh, going to happen. So we came in on Saturday after Sunday, I guess Sunday morning, we got offered the job and said, we're going to have a family meeting. My oldest started crying and Amber goes, we're not getting divorced. I go, I didn't even know that was on the table. <laughs> I didn't even know that was on the table. But it was a great strategy. She's brilliant, my wife. And they're like, of course not. She goes, but we are moving. Again. So it was like trying yeah. to make it like a good news, bad news conversation. <laughs> let me give you, let me start with the good news. And then this won't sound nearly as bad in comparison. Yeah. I like that. I'm like, I, smart. I don't know what that was, honey. I said, I don't know what that was, but uh, okay. You know, you know the nice weather in Tucson? You kiss that goodbye. <laughs> You're coming up north for a little while. So uh, along those all, lines, honey. as as we they're talk about, uh, as we talk about learning. When you when you came here to interview with the hiring group here at the University of Washington, what questions did you have for them? This is a trick question because there was no come here for an interview. Uh, <laughs> this point. is one of the, <laughs> this is a uh, this is the twenty twenty four version of becoming a head coach in college. You have about a forty minute phone conversation, and uh, you're the head coach. That's crazy. The, uh, yeah. The the time necessary, uh, the time allotment, uh, they don't give you any of those opportunities like they, they would in the number one in the NFL when you have a whole process where there's rules and regulations and you have to um, announce who's getting hired and announce all the, you know, who you're interviewing for each job and you have to interview certain candidates. In college football right now, um, if you lose a coach, and you don't want to lose your team along with it. So things happen really fast. I think probably what happens is as your team's winning, you start, you know, figuring out, am I going to have to start putting a list together? I got a call Saturday afternoon at 2.30. Um, I got on the phone for maybe maybe an hour, 45 minutes to an hour, and then um, went right back to work and right recruiting for Arizona and doing my job and really didn't think much of it. Um, at that point and then got a call at 10 o'clock at night and got offered the job. So I really don't have a lot of answers. Uh, I didn't have a lot of, I had a lot of questions, but I, you know, it was what it was that the number one thing I knew was going to the big 10, playing the power conferences. There's two program. There's two conferences that are going to be the, the NFL here soon. And that's the big 10 and the sec. There's going to be two conferences that can win championships. And they're going to be the big 10 and the sec. And if you have a chance to coach in one of those two conferences, uh, especially at the one that just won the national, uh, played in the national championship, uh, you really you, you don't have an option in this profession other than to say yes. 
And um, this is this is what our dreams are. Our dream is to win and compete in the national championship. So really, the only uh, the only answer was yes when they offered the job. Do you think it was a little easier because of that experience in 2010 of, of living in the Pacific Northwest? A little easier because you've competed and even did last year against this Washington team, and you knew so much and had such an in- institutional knowledge about the job. I think uh, you know playing them twice, uh, three times actually when I was at UCLA. Also living in Seattle with the Seahawks, but you know, Brock, for, for us, for, for my family and I, we, we're, we're football junkies and, um, truly love college football. So you don't not know about UW. You don't not know about everything from, I mean, 91, I was a freshman, um, in high school, but I mean, I was a football junkie then. And, uh, obviously, from the national championships then to all the conference championships to what Chris Peterson did here. You know, I worked for Dom Caper, so I heard about Don James forever. I worked for Jim Mora, heard about University of Washington forever. Um, so I had the knowledge, I think, of what UW was and is. But um, really it was simple. You know, you, you want to go to a place where you can win a national championship and sustain success if you're going to work 18 or 19 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And and that's really there's probably about twelve schools in the country that can do that. And there's and a twelve and there's a twelve team playoff, right? And there's a twelve team playoff now, Jed. That that and there's know. a twelve team playoff, you know. And and I recognize that there's going to be a little bit of a bump in the road, you know, from, in terms of you lose your coach, twenty five guys go in the portal, 10, you know, you you got ten guys going into the NFL. I think we had forty nine scholarship players in our first team meeting. You know, so there's some things that we're going to have to work through, but we're going to have to work through it. But you're working through it at Washington and you're working through it at a place where you walk into a building and you're wearing um, the W and, and people recognize that every player here is going to be treated as an A-plus player. You're going to be in the greatest community, the greatest city. And I mean, with the all the Fortune 500 companies and everything that goes on in college football and then on top of that. I mean, we're, we're going to invest in our players. And that's one of my biggest messages is, you know, you're going to have the best nutrition. You're going to have the best weight room. You're going to have the best uh, medical staff. I don't really care about some of the other stuff, but anything that touches a player is going to be the top of the food chain. Talking to Jed Fish, new head coach of the Washington Huskies here on Brock and Salksdale Sports on 710. Can you tell me a little bit or help help me understand recruiting in today's day and age uh, and how it's changed? Because it, it, it dawns on me that to recruit high school kids and bring them into your program means that if they have to sit for any amount of time, there's a decent chance that they'll go somewhere else. Are you almost better off spending more time on the portal and using all of the schools that aren't in those two conferences you just mentioned more like farm systems for your school than going out and looking at the high school students that way? Yeah, I just, I have a hard time with that. Sure. Doing it that way. Um, as a, uh, I think it's a, it's an opportunity that we have that, that um, I've coached and other members of our staff have coached in the NFL and the teams uh, in the NFL that are most successful are the teams that build it through the draft and use free agency to supplement the roster. Um, I want to build it through high school recruiting. To do that, you have to have a little bit of patience and know that you have to develop some players and then play some young players and deal with some mistakes. But once you get that first recruiting class, uh, and I challenged our staff. I said, I want the University of Washington's class of 2025 to be the, the best recruiting class Washington's ever had. 
uh, historically the best class. So to do that, you, we've got to, you know, for the next 365 days, be on overdrive. Once we get that done, we're going to play freshmen. And once you play freshmen and you show high school kids you'll play freshmen, more high school kids will come. And once you play freshmen, your sophomores and juniors, like what happened at Arizona, become um, the teams that can win 10 games after. You know, we went to Arizona on a 12-game losing streak, and we left Arizona on a seven-game winning streak and in three years. And a lot of it came down to played freshmen the second year, so the sophomores were winning. So our, that's our strategy. We tell our kids all the time, you want to be in the NFL, come here. You want to run an NFL offense, come here. And we're going to go hire a defensive coordinator that's going to run an NFL defense. And we're going to tell them all, if you like what you see on Sunday, come here on Saturday and get ready for it. Uh, so you and Coach McDonald are fighting over NFL personnel right now. Are, are, are you, we are. Uh, that's you actually have, a fact. <laughs> <laughs> you have any sense of timing of when some of that could come together? On the, I know the whole offensive side came with you and is all set. Any, any semblance of where that's going defensively? Yeah, I brought two of our five defensive coaches. I brought all of our offensive coaches our whole strength staff, recruiting department, and support staff. And uh, we got three defensive spots open. My goal is to have them closed by Monday. Um, we're, we're pretty close. We're pretty much down the line um, with about, you know, some our defensive coordinator candidates. Once we get that done, we should everything else should fall into place pretty quick. But um, I was pretty adamant about what I wanted. And uh, I wasn't just going to go hire someone or uh, some – someone that I wasn't familiar with and or someone that wasn't going to do what I, the will we wanted, which was you better uh, run an NFL defense. And, um, you know, we were very adamant about what we do on offense with, you know, we run what Sean and Kyle and those guys do offensively and defensively. I want to see um, kind of take that approach like Michigan and UCLA and um, Notre Dame and some of the top guys that have hired NFL coaches in there. Are the you know four of the top ten defenses, three of the top ten defenses. I got uh, two last questions for you, Jed, here over the last couple minutes. And sure, do appreciate the time and hope this is the first sure. of a few of these, man. It's fun to uh, catch up with you. Because of what you referenced with 49 scholarship players in your first team meeting, will that impact and influence spring ball? Will you wait? Will you try to work around the portal knowing that there's going to have to be some more influx of some players through that portal in the spring? Yeah. I, I petitioned the NCAA to start spring ball 15 days before training camp. And uh, I don't. I didn't win. I didn't win that idea. But uh, they kind of looked at me uh, because we, we're going to need the April portal. Uh, we're going to need. You know, we're going to need to fill some gaps. I think we're now up to. We're now in the 60s. We had about 10 guys come back um, that were in the portal. You know, that that went to the portal and then decided they want to come be a part of. You know, stay with us, mm-hmm. uh, which was great. And then we had about another uh, 10 guys that have committed to us. Um, from other programs that have been in the head coach portal. But uh, outside of that, we probably still need about 17 spots, 15 spots filled. And uh, we're going to push spring balls as late as we can push it. But in the same token, I know that um, training camp, these guys better be ready for quite a camp because we're going to have to go on overdrive um, to teach these kids what we want to get done. All right. I'll ask you a weird question to finish it up here. I just, I'm, I'm looking at, at all your coaching stops Right. I mean, growing up in New Jersey, you go to Florida and then New Jersey Red Dogs, Florida, Houston, Mm. Baltimore, Denver, Minnesota, Seattle, Miami, Jacksonville, Michigan, Ann Arbor, UCLA, Westwood, staying in L.A., New England, Arizona, Tucson, and now back to Seattle. In Mm -hmm. all of those stops, 
What was the best and worst house that you lived in? <laughs> um, I'd say the the best house we lived in was the smallest house we lived in, which was the one right on uh, right in Hermosa Beach. Oh yeah, um, it was about fourteen hundred square feet. It cost a gazillion dollars a month to rent, and um, we got to see the ocean. If I like peek my head around, stretch my neck a little bit before I walked outside. Um, but every day we were on a walk street where there was no cars and it was, uh, it was unbelievable. Spend your nights at Sharkies. I get it. Some late nights at Sharkies. I I understand the Hermosa beach scene. Okay, good. So that's one. That's the the best. Yeah. Okay. The worst one. Um, my fraternity house in Gainesville. (laughs) That would have, that would have fallen, that falls under the worst house. This is fun. Coach, uh, appreciate it. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on here. And uh, as Brock said, yes, hopefully we get to do this a whole lot more. This was a lot of fun, and uh, we'll look forward to it. Thank you so much. Sure, let's do it again. All right, Talk to you soon. See thanks, you guys. Jed. There you go. There's uh, Coach Jed Fish wow. of the Washington Huskies. Wow. But wow. What do you mean, I, wow? I, I knew you would like that. I could just tell with you. I could tell you you planned ahead of time because he's an FOB. Right, so you made sure you had some questions, and you put a little time in. So, a, I appreciate that, mm-hmm. and b, I could just feel you jiving. I can read your body language. I know you like a book after fifteen years, right. and you're like, this guy's fun now. Well, he's a little I fun, mean, yeah. This and, and this guy's connected and gets it. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's not, you know, it's not just from a climbing and okay, what bridge can I burn and how can I get ahead and how can I, no, dude, this this guy is fun. You hear Bruce Feldman. When Bruce Feldman joined us a couple weeks ago and talked about his adaptability, talked about his honesty, pretty blunt, man, when you get to this spot, mm-hmm. right? Remember, you know, we've, we've said this about these 70-year-old announcers, right, that Al Michaels at this stage is just like, hey, I'm shooting for yeah, my I don't hit. care. I'm doing I don't care. I want. <laughs> I just got a seven-year, $50 million deal. I, I've had, you know, I've, I've worked all of these. I moved my family. You read through all of those spots. I talked about it earlier before uh, with Howard Stern burping on the air. That's right. And now I'm here. And now, and now I'm at a great place. I've been in a lot of other spots. So yeah. I've seen a lot of other college football, and this is no offense to Tucson, Arizona, and C-Rod somewhere is dying right now. He is so mad uh, listening to that because, yeah, you're not in the top two conferences that are going to be the most dominant moving forward. All right, so a couple of things that, that jump out from that interview, and let, let's kind of go through them here. Uh, rather than need to know, I just want to react a little bit, and then G will come in here at uh, 8.30, and we'll go through the coaching hire yesterday of Mike McDonald and some other stuff that I know is on G's mind. But first of all, 40 minutes? Yes. No interview process, no yes. opportunity to ask questions, not to really get to know each other. You talk on the phone for 45 minutes in or out? Yes. How can this be the case? How can how, how can football, bro. what business operates this way? College football does. I don't just mean what sports business, Brock. I mean yeah. what business? College football does. This is where this is where we're at. This this is the chaos that is ensuing in the sport that I love, that he loves, that I've been a fan of my whole life. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's nuts. And None I, of this makes, that, that makes no sense. And I couldn't bring myself to ask him. It was on my list of questions. I'm sure you noticed there was one that I didn't ask because it didn't feel right today, but maybe mm-hmm. it's right the next time we talk to him, which is, okay, well, what about Florida? Maybe he doesn't want to go live in that uh, fraternity house again, mm-hmm. but that's his alma mater, alma mater. Maybe he wants to go back there. And if Florida calls and they're in the SEC, mm-hmm. which is not the Big Ten, it's still even one more rung above it. Do you take one 45-minute conversation and head 3,000 miles southeast? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I think it kind of depends on the landscape and where's Alabama and where's Georgia and Mm -hmm. where's LSU and where's all those guys, right? Versus what's my path to get to the playoff? 
you know, this now becomes for these coaches and why it was only a 45 minute discussion, Salk, and why he said it very matter of factly, hey, man, we're in what's going to become the future NFL. Like, more than likely, if you pin me down right now, and I've said this to you for a long time, Where's college football going? Yeah. Where's college football going? It's it's going to go to a different. It's going to go to a different division. Yeah, and I, I think what I think what it is, Brock. You, what did you say? Why did you say you think I would like him? What is it that you said that I I would take? Who, who knows? I, words just fly well, out of my mouth. There's sometimes. one. There's a word that I think I would describe him afterwards after talking to him like that. Mm-hmm. That I think is what what you were picking up on is he's a realist. Yes, <laughs> he's yes. just a realist. Yes. Hey, you going to recruit this? No. Waste of time. College football is not like that. Hey, how was the interview process? What interview process? Right. They just called me and you say, do you want the job or not? It's dumb, but that's what we do. Yep. I mean, I, I, I think what I got from him more than anything is he's just a realist. Which is why you need 45 minutes. You don't have to cut through a lot of other crap. You don't have to try to put on a facade. Right. You don't have to try to present my stuff. Yeah. Like, hey, man, here's X, Y, and Z. Are you yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm I guess good. I'm good. Yep. Yeah, man. And, and you, and you know what? Like Pete Carroll's going to be a great asset of mine. We didn't even get to that. He mentioned him three times. We didn't even ask him. Right. I, I think, you know, you know I love when coaches repeat themselves. He mentioned Pete's name three different times. Why? Because he's going to be, Pete will be much more present on Montlake than he's going to be down at the VMAC. He's going to be much more around. Hey, Pete, I, I got this fundraiser. It's about 100 bucks a plate. Would you mind? Come. Yeah, absolutely. My son's there. Brennan's there. He's the offense coordinator. Brennan wants to be a head coach in one of these programs one day. You, you don't think Pete's going to do everything in his power to help Brennan and help Jed, someone who's worked for him, do whatever it's going to take? When he mentions those Fortune 500 companies, how refreshing is it going to be when he sits down with Bill Gates and says, Bill, here's what I need, buddy. Mm-hmm. Here's what I need. This is what Phil's done down in Eugene. I know you've been a season ticket holder. I know you've done this, but let's let's commit to this. Let's make this truly world class. right? If you want to leave your final last little imprint and, and hey, man, why don't you put it here? where we can go win now national championships because we can invest in these players here. And, and I love that answer too. Like, hey, man, this other stuff, fine, fluffy. But I'm going to spend my money to give you the best of the best, the best NFL-esque coaches, the best, the best weight room. You've already got one of the best stadiums in all of college football, one of the most beautiful places there is to play. And we're going to invest in you. So guess what? You can go make some money. Nick Saban always said it best. Mm. You know, it, Nick, we're going to create value. For you, we're going to create value for you. You're going to get some money in your pocket here, and then you have a chance. And I've done this research talk. I think Nick Saban's players, like in his 20 years in Bama, have grossed over two billion dollars in the <laughs> right. NFL. Right, they've done okay. Not a not an M. Right, a B. Right, like billions of dollars that they have made for themselves. And you know, I think that is very clearly his approach. And you yeah. can see why Troy Dannon on the other end of the line is like, all right. <laughs> Do I need more 45 minutes? He's just real. I mean, yes. he's just telling you exactly. And it's a very different version of realism, very different authenticity than, than what you get from, well, I was going to say from from the guy we met yesterday in Mike McDonald, who yep. was very authentic, but sounded nothing like Jed Fish. Nothing. Nothing. I mean, nope. they, they, they couldn't have sounded more different, right? And, and it's interesting that Fish is a common bridge or a common link between him and Pete Carroll mm-hmm. because in many ways I heard sort of a guy in between those two, yep. right? If Pete Carroll is the salesy personality and it's all on all the time and a lot of words and Mike McDonald was a little bit more serious and a mm-hmm. man of few measured. words, measured. Jed's right in this between. This guy feels right in, <laughs> between. right in between. Got a little bit of the slippery Pete to him yep. and a little bit of the, hey, but that's who I am. I'm that's not right. going to lie about it. Like, yeah, I'm that's just going right. to tell you how it is. Yes. And, yeah, and, and I, I kind of did like that. You're you know, right. by the way, the recruiting so far been pretty good. Better than Kalen. 
right? I mean, he, he's done that a doesn't better, surprise me. better job right now. That in, doesn't surprise me Yeah, in this world that you're going to live in. Yeah. You know, 49 guys, you know, in that first team meeting, now you're over 60, you're starting to look at four stars. As he mentioned, that 25 class could have a chance to be one of the That's best interesting. ever. interesting. The way he talked about the high school recruits, very interesting. Uh-huh. That's a conversation I'd like to come back to about, you know, how you recruit. I think G would be a good one. Yeah, that. he very well might be. All right, G's going to come in here uh, for a little while. We'll talk about Mike McDonald with him. And, yes, we'll do some uh, recruiting conversation as well. Stick around. we got so much more to come. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com. This this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Are the people getting what they want right now? I would say they're about to. Uh, G. Scott is here with us for the remaining part of this hour, and uh, we enjoy that. Don't worry, an hour from now, we'll take some of your phone calls. Justin has put together his own rank today at 945 to send us into the weekend, so a lot going on here in the last hour and a half of this show. G, good morning. Good morning, y'all. Good morning, Brother Brock. How do you feel about Mike McDonald? Just fantastic. The guy got, the Seahawks got who they want. The fans got who they want. When is the last time that the Seahawks fan base has been this excited about the next coach? Because I know y'all wasn't this excited in 2010 when Pete Carroll was named the coach. And you can hear the media talk. I remember when the media talked about it and the fans. But this right here, everyone is excited. It's like, Brock, you know what it reminds me of? Mm. Is when your mama got a new boyfriend, he got a nice car and promised he's going to take you to Disneyland. You know what I mean? It's one of those type of deals. You excited. I don't know why you look at perplexed like that, Mike Salk. But you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to think through it, what that's like. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to put myself in those in the that new, situation. The new boyfriend that shows up in a nice car, right. promises to take you to Disneyland. Yeah, and and and, 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 you, and your daddy won't even play catch with you in the back. Uh, yeah, you you excited? Yeah. <laughs> Salk and I don't know a lot of that. Gee, I'm sorry, but I'm sure there's some that love that analogy. Hey, shout you- out, shout out to my mom and it turns 81. Years old wow. today. You don't even know way. what that's like either. By the way, yeah. that bunch of BS. You don't yes. know. You don't. You don't know what that's like. <laughs> what you talking about? What do you mean? What am I talking about? Man, my mama's still single. <laughs> <laughs> she spent all her lifetime. Mm, I'm gonna get me a man with a pension. He gonna have to have some money in the bank. Mama, you still single? You 81 today? <laughs> get you a man. <laughs> what do you think of the hoodie sport coat look yesterday, G? Let me tell y'all something. In the Jordan, was he wearing Jordan? Co- said so. What yeah. you know about that? You saw when player, excuse me, when Mike McDonald walked into the Virginia Mason Athletic Center wearing the Jordan Retro Nines NRG. Look that up, brothers and sisters. The Jordan Retro Nines NRG. I said, "Oh, did he come in there with them?" I see you, coach. Then he had the blazer, mm-hmm. and he just kind of chilling. You know what I'm saying? Like he like I'm gonna keep it business. I'm meeting everybody for the first time, right? I'm gonna keep it business, but I'm a little casual because I'm about to get to work. I really love his style. I love the way he walked in. I judge somebody different when you walk in with a shirt and tie. That means you're trying to hide something. All <laughs> all the folks y'all know that try to get up in the shirt and tie, they politicians. You're trying to sell something. Mike McDonald yesterday let the world know he and Josh Snyder up on the podium. They were good. This is why, Mike Salk, you took to the airwaves and you let all the people know. You were really excited. Even off the air before I was we came on. You were imp- what I was were you impressed. impressed about? I, I really was impressed with him. How much those there. shoes cost, by the way, those Jordan 9s? Well, it depends, uh, Brother Brock. If you get them hot. 
retail, you know what I'm saying? You're going to get about 175 but then, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these folks be selling. Now, I can tell you right now, because we are talking about that and we were wearing them, people that are holding on to them, it's going up. So they're going to go for about three, hey, 400 G, Yes. Do you want to know something about my son, Titus? What's that? Shoe kid. He's a shoe. And so, I went to what was Avery that? too. That's so funny. Y'all got what, shoe kids? Yeah. yeah. What was that called? I a sneak. Oh man, it's StockX. Uh, what's that? StockX. That's one of the shoe sneak- con. Shoe okay. con. And it was huge. It was like an hour and a half wait in line for shoe con. And it was a big convention center. Oh, sneaker con. Yeah. Sneaker con. It was intense. G. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, there was no Jordan nines for 175. Nah. Uh-uh. Nah, nah, nah. They 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 see Brock and uh, Sock walking in. They say they look like some stellar gentlemen with some money in their pockets. <laughs> SneakerCon Seattle, by the way, uh, February twenty fourth. I'm so, like the worst. Uh, of this I have Salk. like one pair of sneakers <laughs> and I just keep wearing them. No, no. What, what day? What day is it? What day is it, Justin? February twenty fourth. So Salk. we are going to be get spring tickets training. for you and Avery. No. I'm gonna meet. We're gonna meet spring training. Thank God. No, no, no. You know what? Be spring training. Thank God. What, well, I, I gotta. I gotta <laughs> tell you this. Hey, Brock. Hey, Salk. I, I just want to tell you the two of you this. That's what I respect about y'all. Y'all do wear the same damn shoes all the time, <laughs> and you make sure that your kids got a lot of the shoes. Mm. I tell you, man. You look here, baby G, and all of them. Y'all, y'all wear one pair of shoes. Your daddy gonna have fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what's on, what's going on with you today? You on, you're on one. How much coffee have you drunk so far today? What's going on with you? This is like the third cup. Yeah, I can kind of tell. I, I, you know, hold on. What's hold up? On. Are you okay? No, I'll tell you're you. Covering for something? No, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what's, what's up. What's the matter with you? I'll tell you what's up. It's been a, lot, a good couple of days for Seahawk World. Like, and it's just you got know, you flying like, high? No, I think it has all of us flying high. I think there's a lot of excitement right now. You, Brock, Justin, Mara, Seahawk fans, uh, the building over there. There's a lot of excitement. There is a new coach, right, uh, that has come in, and we are going into the next era. And be, being serious for a second, I think that we all should be, I mean, no disrespect to the last Eric because we know how phenomenal that was, mm-hmm. but all good things at some point come to an end. And so I think that there is – Huge room for celebration right now. I, I don't know whether, I mean, look, I, without being in the interview process, I think it's really hard to judge who I wanted to be the guy, right? You're judging sure. based on so many superficial things and then their resume of how did they do, you know, with their defensive coordination or offensive coordinating or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And, you know, once Harbaugh and Vrabel were sort of not part of this conversation, I think I probably just based on seeing a few interviews and hearing him talk a little bit yeah. went towards Avero as being the guy that that kind of jumped out most to me. McDonald hasn't talked a lot. We hadn't heard a lot from him. Right. We knew that he had had led a tremendous defense in Baltimore the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And John spoke about that yesterday and how they kicked their butts and in that building earlier this year and what an impression it made on John. But hearing him talk yesterday. He commanded the room, I thought, in a completely different way from Pete. And if Pete is all about throwing a lot of words at you, yeah. he was exactly the opposite. And some of his command came in the space between those words. Here he is talking about the players being so important to the process. Our players here and the players that will be able to coach um, for the Seahawks, man, I just I hope you understand that you're the driving force behind everything that we do. And I can guarantee you this, you will get everything out of myself and our coaching staff every day. And we will not stop until we want to get to where we get, okay? And I hope that's very clear to you. And you're the first thing that goes through our mind when we make decisions. 
And uh, that's the only way to do it. That's the only way to win. And I'm just very excited for the opportunity again. Thanks, John. Thank you for your time. Hey, did you hear Tom Brady's dad, by the way? Ripping Bill. Really? And I'll, and I'll circle this back around to that comment. Oh, yeah. Tom Brady's dad, and I forget what uh, big publication just came out and said, hey, there's a reason Bill doesn't have a job because his interpersonal skills stink because, you know, he, he coached in, in some fear. He's an amazing coach. I mean, he didn't, he didn't downplay his mm-hmm. coaching style or his acumen or everything. He's like, but that was, that was that era. And this is a new era. This is a player-centric era. We spend a lot of times, G, talking about the player empowerment side. Do you feel like in order to, in the best coaches today, really across any sport, do understand it is more about the player than it is about themselves? The NFL is a copycat league, right? The NFL is a trending. What's trending right now? It's like in the real world. What's trending? You know, right now, BBL is trending. I don't want to explain what that is. But in the NFL world. Bad body language? That too. Um no, it's not that. Okay. But in the NFL right now, Brock and Salk, let me just say this. What is trending and what has been good and successful? Let's go through it. About uh, 2017, they hired a 30-year-old coach by the name of Sean McVay, right? Uh, Matt LaFleur was hired at 36 years old. Zach Taylor was hired at 36 years old. Um, Mike Mike McDaniel was hired at like 38 years old. Kyle Shanahan was hired at like 36 years old. So if you look at the coaches, and y'all can look it up yourselves, look at all the young coaches that have been hired as head coaches, look at where the success has been going. Brazilian yeah, butt lift? <laughs> I looked up BBL on Google. There's like 9,000 things for the Brazilian butt lift. Hey, Mar, did you see you see, I, you see how he said that? I wasn't going to go there. I knew. I mean. You, is that what it is? I hear that all the time. Yes. Yeah. BBLs is trending. Why? It transfers I mean, fat I from your belly, Kardashian hips, lower back, and thighs to If you want to go to the butt. origin. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Brock, why are you, you going to end up looking like what? that girl that Ice, Ice <laughs> T was with? I, look, bro, bro, What's why, her name? Brock, what, Brock, are you okay, man? You know what I mean? Coco. Coco. Brock, you okay? Is that what this is about? Saul gets a gal that we saw at spring training five years ago. You don't even have to. Brock, don't even bring that up. I, I, don't, I don't even want to talk about her again. Let's take a quick break. Uh, G's going to stick around. We got a lot more to do with Mr. Scott's Brock and Salk CL Sports on 710salesports.com. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Well, G. Scott's here. Uh, we had to move the uh, some timing around a little bit to accommodate Jed Fish, who joined us earlier today. Really enjoyed that. If you missed the interview and you were a Husky fan, please make sure you do, uh, go back and listen on the podcast page at seattlesports.com or wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Google, et cetera. G., where do you get your podcasts? Where do, you, where do you go for that? You're an Apple podcast Apple, guy? Apple podcast. Obviously. Download Brock and Salk all the time. Nobody gets more downloads. Make sure you guys go and review <laughs> Review five them stars. and give them give, give them as many stars as you want. Well, give just, them five stars. Just say something mean at the same time. That's generally oh, what we like. Oh, yeah. We yeah, like yeah, mean you see comments the, you see them numbers with five yesterday, stars. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I saw, numbers I saw those numbers. Yeah. I saw how y'all doing it because, I mean, for sure. I mean, you guys are really the only show in the building. But, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right? Like, you know, it's like, is there any other show that exists outside of Rock and Salk? Probably yes. not. For the top ten podcasts in Bonneville. Wow. Yes. The only they show all. that gets a visit. Uh-huh. Anyways, so 
Somebody's text in from the 425. They said uh, they had that, that Mike McDonald has Coach Taylor vibes. I got to give 425 some love right there. Oh. And he does. Friday Night Lights. Oh, clear, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. One of my favorite shows of all time. Remember, the Titans is the best football show ever. But anyways. Movie. Yeah. Movie, rather. Hey, G, you find yourself at all like Salk and I yesterday? What's, what would y'all say? Maybe it's because we're middle-aged. You know, we were, hold, we're on, not... hold on, hold on, hold on, Before, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. refuses to accept that. <laughs> Remember the Titans? Best movie of all time. I mean, uh, football movie of all time. Better than Wildcats. Gee. Better than Wildcats. The best football movie of all time is Wildcats. <laughs> I'm not going to hear any conversation about this. You the I... second yeah. best football movie of is, all time is? is the program. The mm. third best mo- football movie of all time is Remember the Titans. Okay, can we just let's put Wildcats by itself? Well, because it's, it's so it's clearly one, it's, it's, the greatest. It's one of the most endearing things about you that I got about and you. Brock, the Brock loves that movie too. Oh, he does. Not as it's much as I do, but Brock does love that. It's better movie. than Diamond Rings. I can't imagine football. football. I can't imagine there's a human in the world <laughs> yeah. who's seen that movie as many times as I have. I'll go anywho, anywho, back to sorry. the What's question. Okay, okay, sorry. Okay, 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 all right, sorry. Okay. Were you like Salk and I at all? Mm-hmm. Either yesterday, last night, maybe this morning. Yeah. Thinking about Pete Carroll. What? I know you said all good things come to an end, but I I don't I, I watched that. that yesterday, and I, I'm sorry, I still had a thought of Pete. I think about what what Pete must be feeling and everything that's going on with him, and and I know this is just the nature of the business. Like it's next man up, next man up. But it's 14 years. Yeah. Did you find yourself in any way a I guess thinking about him, and then b man is this guy the exact right guy to fill those large air monarchs? Well, let me be crystal clear on something, Brock. I'll never forget Pete Carroll a day in my life. With no Pete Carroll, I'm not sitting right here talking to you guys. With no Pete Carroll, my son isn't playing football at The Ohio State. Without Pete Carroll, this dude has changed and did change the trajectory of my life. Was I thinking about Pete Carroll? I'll never forget about that dude and the impact that he has had on my life. The When I read his book, Win Forever, as I was the car detailer during that time, as I got to watch and the greatest football team be assembled and go out there on the field, I got to be there four or five days a week right there. The head coach could have easily said, hey, get that car wash guy up out of here. So, yeah, absolutely, 100%. I'll never forget Pete Carroll. Yeah, I, I did find myself thinking about him yesterday when I walked in there, and yeah. it was a little weird. Being in that room without Pete there and without Pete speaking, without him being a part of it and the music, it just, it felt, it was different and it should be different. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I, I think that was important and I thought that was one of their goals yesterday yeah. in that press conference was to say, look, this is a new era. John mentioned the future for the, for a reason. There is a guy wearing, you know, the Jordans instead of the Monarchs. Like that is part of the future of this franchise and I think if you're going to try to move on from a Hall of Famer, from a legend like Pete, that's how you do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you you bring in somebody who is polar opposite and empower him to run his program as opposed to asking him to run Pete's. That's why I was asking about the, the, the basketball hoop and why it was so important to me last week. Why do I think that basketball hoop should no longer be there? Because it's a it's a constant literally reminder looming over you of who stood at that podium for as long as he did. Mm-hmm. I would love to see them take that out. And if I were Mike McDonald, be one of the first things I'd ask yeah. for, I want that thing out of here. Maybe we'll bring something else in, but that's Pete's. 
I need to make this mm-hmm. culture mine. Brock, I know you guys kind of get you know uh, weary a little bit of my analogies, but sometimes it's the only way that I can understand what's going on. But there's no different than your new your mom's new husband. You know, that's still your daddy. You still love your daddy. But your new husband, you're like, hey, looking forward to you. Hey, you love my mom. I want to be cordial, cool to you. Man, you're a great dude. That's how I'm looking at this next uh, era of football. And one of the things that I have to say, and I don't know if it was done on purpose, but these are the things that really stood out to me right away is when he walked into the building the other day. He walked into the building, and John Snyder was standing there. And John Snyder was there, you know, ready to go in the, in the hoodie. You know what I mean? And he had on a suit jacket with the hoodie up on it. I, I just thought, oh, okay, there's a spark mm-hmm. that is happening. And I think that all of us should be excited about what's going forward. We are trusting John Schneider to do his magic and get this next era of football going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he felt like the next partner. Right, 14 years of marriage between John and Pete. He, he felt like, yep, not just because he was younger, but because it just he was just felt aligned with John. And the more you listen to those two guys yesterday, so where will we feel that the most, Gene? Last couple minutes here. Where will you, being around that building, the players being around that building, where do you think we'll feel Mike McDonald's culture and presence the most? Training camp. Let me tell y'all something. Is there going to be music at training camp? I mean, it'll be music, but let me tell you, hey, Rip, this hardball, y'all, hardball tree, they hit. They yeah. clangs and bangs. K.J. Rice said he ain't in training camp. He never hit. Yeah, he told us that and on never Wednesday. never hit in training camp. So all of that, hey, ho, it's a birthday, the music and going and stuff like that, they might be sweating a little bit on training camp. Do I you think, think they'll we, keep the music, though? Yeah, yes. Yeah, everybody. That's just now yeah, yeah. everybody does Everybody that. does that. Yeah. Okay. And, and, oh, who started that? Pete. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, yeah. I, so I think that's where it's going to – I think the intensity – in practice, we're going to be seeing that. And I think one of the things that really stands out, if I were to ask you and everybody that's listening right now, mm-hmm. when you think about the defense last season, what's the first thing comes to your mind? And everybody's going to say, miss tackles. I guarantee it. I don't care where you're from. Left, right, black, white, no matter. You think miss tackles. Last season, you like you all you're thinking about is the one guy that just said ole as he walked through. So I think the biggest difference and change that we're gonna see this season Good. might be the intensity in practice. You there they are. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, hey. Those girls are good. Hey, 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 it's, time, it's time for me hey, to go. Hey, right. right. Hey, how about some peanut brittle? We have a little left from last year's fundraising drive. No, thanks. Hey, before I get ready to go, I just wanted to just say... Um, it's Sorry. almost 10 years of rocking with y'all, man. Is that just, true? Yeah. Chopping it up for yeah, 10 years? Chopping been... it up. Did you hear Morris say chopping it up yesterday? What? I know. Yes. Yeah, she didn't say it with great confidence, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, but uh, Mar, I just also, I don't know, I'm going to say it in public, everybody. Mar, your, your dress code, like, yeah. like, you have been styling. I mean, you look good. Did you see girl. your hair the other day, too? Oh, it, 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 you, she she came with the hair. hair. Oh, yeah, she you came with the hair. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to tell us there's yeah. not yeah. a new man. Yeah. Trying to. Trying. All right, she's got to go. Lover. Yeah. I the theory when I'm under the cover. That's the snipes right there. Better than diamond rings. That's what was all good. Football. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
Yes. All right. G's got to go. See ya. He's heading over to his other job, his full-time gig over on 97.3 Cairo News Radio with Ursula. Their show starts in about 10, 15 minutes. You can go listen to them ostensibly from 9 to noon. We'll be right back. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710.